0: Welcome back to the Georgia 2024 show uh, brought to you by the Georgia Record. We have an event coming up in Miami on fe- February 16th. If you go to the Miami Independent, our paper in Florida, miamiindependent.com, and go to the events tab on the top, you will see our event on February 16th in the evening at the Renaissance Ballroom uh, on the protection of children. We've been doing these American conversations around the country. Christine Dolan runs them for us. She's a serious veteran journalist started CNN inside politics back in the day when it was a real news organization and she's has been red pilled and joined us a few years ago. However, this is going to be a panel of experts that will really awaken you and your friends and your family to the dangers facing our children from the education system, the gender mutilations, the vaccines and more. So we've got a live stream for this also. So you don't have to be in Miami. Uh, Pay us a couple bucks because we have some serious expenses on this, with travel, uh, insurance, security, the venue, etc. So, uh, but we have a live stream coming, um, and you can order it now if you go to the Miami Independent Event tab, and uh, you can have an event at your house. Great evening for the grassroots to get some people around and educate them on really what's happening to our children. We've got a packed show today. Uh, Bill Quinn is going to join me shortly on ranked choice voting, which mysteriously is raising its ugly head again in georgia uh even contrary to what legislature legislators have told us we've got sonia francis roll later in the show to talk about what's going on again in the fulton county gop and also Rhonda thomas and her staff on uh again education which is huge in in georgia so i'm going to build bring bill quinn on now welcome to the show bill
1: hey good afternoon todd it's good to be with you buddy
0: yeah thank you so uh I'm going to make this a little bigger. So you have been with us uh, now for some time, really doing a lot of the back-end work at the Georgia Record and being quite impactful. And one of the areas that you really wanted to bring to the surface, and rightly so, is is ranked-choice voting. So uh, we've talked a little about this in the past, but uh, contrary to what the legislators are telling us, it's it's coming back around. So fill us in.
1: Yep, sure enough. So there's times when you you would actually almost prefer to have been wrong and, uh, you know, given what we were hearing from many of the legislators, we thought, nah, maybe this isn't going to come up for, you know, for debate. But lo and behold, uh, this week, there was a bill introduced, HB 200, which um, proposes rank choice voting. They, they're calling it in this case, it's one of its euphemisms called instant runoff of voting.
0: What's the other words they call it? There was another one they were using, like oh, uh,
1: approval voting. Um, uh, there, there's quite a number, um, yeah. but they they seem to they seem to have developed the notion that uh, or the realization that people are sensitive to rank choice. They've heard not great things about it, and so yeah. they have an immediate allergic reaction. So easy way around it, give it another name. You know, yeah. rose rose I, by I, any I, other name.
0: Like DEI and CRT. Same thing. Yes,
1: very much so. Isn't that funny yeah. how yeah. in another realm those things play out? So um, it, it came up again this week. It's now up for proposal. It was uh, introduced by a slate of five uh, bipartisan, believe it or not, uh, legislators in the House, three Republicans and two Democrats. And uh, it will actually come up for a hearing this coming Tuesday, which we'll talk about again in, in another few minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's important to know how it works, but I will tell you it's, it isn't simple and that's part of the, uh, that's part of the game in this. They, uh, those that purport it would love you to believe, oh, this is so simple. it just makes sure that everybody gets, you know a fair say and who gets elected. Well, I will tell you that the experts in this say the exact opposite. They call it as opposed to rank choice. Uh, many of the real experts that have studied this in other uh, schemas for years call it rig choice and um, it, it has some specific um, uh, capabilities or specific characteristics. We can talk about a few of those, but for this dialogue, I kind of wanted to start with one, where is it? We've talked about that briefly in the past, but it's important yeah. to understand, you know, no matter whether the folks say, oh, this is in use everywhere. No, it's really not. Um, it's in use in very limited areas and has already gotten significant pushback um, where it has been used. So, um, if I can, um, could we could we talk to yeah. a few of the slides we sent in? Go, go ahead, Bill. Yeah. Okay. Great. Just bring so, up. Um, so I'm looking at the slide with the um, you know with the uh, map on it, and right now, if you look um, countrywide, it's really only in use in states. Hold states.
0: on. Do you want me to bring these up, or are you going to do it?
1: Uh, I, if you could, that would be a help. If you, could uh, you're more familiar with using it under Streamyard, I think. Yeah.
0: Hold on one second. Um, That's okay. I can
1: talk to it while you get that ready, if you can. So today, only two states are really using it for statewide use, including uh, federal elections. That includes Alaska and Maine. Maine's been using it for a while. Alaska, on the other hand, only considered this in 2020, and they put a choice on their ballot um, so that voters could indicate a willingness to use ranked choice voting. Mm-hmm. Very interestingly, uh, millions of dollars poured into um, Alaska in order to push ranked choice voting. This was not a you know, bunch of Alaskans saying, hey, we'd like to try this for our state. This was outside money pushing into it. And it's a characteristic that you see over and over and over again in the states that are getting this proposed. Um, Georgia happens to be one of the next targets, but there are more, um, and I'm sure the they will become apparent in the coming days and weeks. Um, The other states, if we have the map out, the other states that you see colors in, some are using it in local options in municipalities and so forth. Some are using it in in, uh, uh, primaries, but the majority aren't using it yet. And where they are, they're using it in very limited form. Two states, notably, have already banned it completely, uh, Tennessee and Florida. So kudos to those states for stepping up and saying we we see troubles here. Um, Alaska, as we mentioned, voted to include it in their uh, in their practices in the during the 2020 election, and then they used it for the first time this year, this past year in 2022. Believe it or not, after a single use, there is already a massive pushback to to repeal it and get it back out of Alaska. Why? Because of the results that people looked at and said, "Holy smokes, this doesn't look right," um, you know, folks that seemingly were were in the lead early in the election turned out not to not to win. Um, some didn't come close. Um, and if you look over the entire country, there's been pushback in a number of areas. the, um, uh, the head of um, the NAACP up in New York just got through slamming. Ranked choice voting in uh, in New York for calling it voter suppression. This was from Hazel Dukes, who heads the NAACP in New York. Um, they've also pushed back um, on the uh, one of the mayoral races in California, of all places. And earlier, um, uh, both um, Newsom and uh, prior Governor uh, Brown in California had vetoed. Ranked choice measures in that state, again, calling them, you know, overly complicated and confusing, mm-hmm. and saying that they deprive voters of genuinely informed choice. So how the heck are these things getting in here in the first place? Well, if you could flip to the next page, I my instinct, I'll call it, is always follow the money. Who is mm-hmm. who's behind pushing these things? And lo and behold, when you look at some of the organizations, guess who's behind them? Very familiar names that we normally don't think of in in terms of, you know, um, conservative, fair doctrines in in the U.S. So George Soros, as an example, is one of the individuals as you dig down into the organizations pushing this. His name has a tendency to surface. His son, Jonathan Soros, does the same thing. But even more so, um, just in something I read the other day. Another name surfaced, if you flip to the next page. <laughs> Someone who, who uh, earned uh, uh, some level of uh, fame recently, Mr. Sam Bankman-Fried, CEO of FTX, who's currently under indictment, was noted in an article talking about um, how Seattle, um, you know, tech workers and, and uh, with his money behind them, Um, We're pushing what they call approval voting, which is another euphemism for rank choice. Okay, I'm not sure you could pick a more nefarious character at the moment. Now, you know, all of the charges obviously are allegations at the moment, but um, I'm not sure there's many people on the planet that don't know Mr. Bankman Bankman-Fried's name at the moment and would have concerns about why would he be behind this? What could that potentially mean?
0: Very interesting. So So,
1: a couple of the organizations too, and we'll talk more about these probably in future discussions, but mm -hmm. um, an organization called Unite America, I believe folks will continue to see pop up, uh, along with Fair Vote Action Fund or Fair Vote itself. And then here in Georgia, you'll hear the organization name Better Ballot Georgia. Hmm. And uh, it's very interesting. Uh, I looked at their website earlier today and uh, again, you kind of look at, well, who's behind this thing? Well, they have a, you know, meet the board of directors page. So I thought, well, let me go take a look at what that says. And guess what? They have no names on it. Hmm. <laughs> it it talks about the organization, but not about the people involved. Wow. So I uh, wonder how much they want us to know about them. Isn't that interesting?
0: Well, you know, um, uh, Bill, you, you've just scratching the surface on your own. You've found out a lot about this uh which is right out for the public to see, right? I mean,
1: it is, it is, and yeah. we would encourage folks to dig into this. This is this is not difficult to find information on. If you look up ranked choice voting, you'll find many articles talking about um some that will unabashedly try to talk about its advantages, mm-hmm. but but they have a tendency to to come off like you know, ads for the better hamburger. They really don't have a lot of uh, a lot of depth behind them. Yeah. And then when you read the articles that say, "Well, how in the heck does this really work?" Um, you'll find people saying, "Well, this is these are the concerns that continue to crop up everywhere that seems to be trying to use it." Hmm. Um, and uh, again, the the mechanics are 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 such that um, without going into too too much depth, folks actually vote for multiple parties. Uh, during a single ballot process now think about that for a minute that's kind of like going into a restaurant and saying well i walked in i really want a steak but i also have to if i can't have a steak i'm gonna have to vote for you know fish and chicken and we'll see what i get well
0: and you know there's an important point there but that i learned that if you don't you know if you go in and you see stacy Abrams on the ballot mm-hmm. you actually have to vote for her because if you don't your ballot's thrown out and then your vote for Brian Kemp or whatever, doesn't count.
1: That's so correct.
0: This is, the, this is the real nefarious way they do this.
1: That's correct. There's also, um, and that's very, very good point. So in other words, if you fail to choose one of the levels, so you would vote first choice, second choice, third, fourth, mm-hmm. so on. If you stop at some point and fail to complete that process, even though they're people that you normally would not vote for at all,
0: or have your, a, a physical reaction for checking the box. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's that's true. Um, your vote could be eliminated in its entirety. In other words, now you have no vote. Yeah. And so this is one of those areas where they talk about, oh, well, gosh, everybody, it makes everybody have their say. No, it, it really doesn't in my book. Mm-hmm. My, mm-hmm. Uh, book. If, if your vote ends up being eliminated because of the mechanism that you use to fill out the ballot, that's not having your say. Yeah. So... Yeah. There is one other factor in the the way that this current bill is written that is interesting, too. They talk about it being for municipal uh, contests. However, the language in the bill is such that it seems easily modifiable or amendable to include other types of contests, potentially, and also calls out that the Secretary of State's office may adopt rules for the proper and efficient administration of elections determined By instant runoff voting. Notice it doesn't say just municipal elections. Could that mean that this could be changed later on to be broader without reconsideration of the entire measure? I don't know. I'm not I'm not going to play attorney as we sit here. But but these things do lend me to ask very difficult kind of questions.
0: Well, thank you, Bill. That's fascinating. Anything else you want the audience to know?
1: Sure. We're going to uh, ask for a call to action from the listeners today. Um, On Tuesday, this coming week um, at 1 p.m., the election subcommittee is going to hear this bill, and I am trusting and hoping that they will hear public comment regarding the bill. I would like to uh, ask very specifically for folks that understand the nature of this, they understand the concern To come to that meeting. It's at room 415 in the Coverdale building, which is directly across from the Georgia Capitol, 1 p.m. on Tuesday. Come prepared to speak and to say no to HB 200. They're calling it instant runoff voting legislation. And in the meantime, if you look at the Georgia record, you will find links to allow you to communicate directly to legislators to tell them the same thing. We need a lot of folks to send the message, this is not appropriate for Georgia. We don't want it. Please get rid of it. Okay,
0: Bill. Thank you very much. Appreciate thank you, you coming tough. on. We'll have you back on. Take care. Thank you. So we got to stay on top of ranked choice voting. It's what kept uh, Alaska from uh, turning America first this last cycle and other places. Now we have, uh, you know, we've been big on education here at the Georgia Record. And we've had multiple people come on and talk. We have some interesting guests today. Rhonda Thomas is the president and founder of Truth in Education. And Allison Hare works with her running Forsyth County. So I'm going to bring these ladies in. Welcome to the show. Can you – I think you're still on mute. Let me – I think you have to unmute your mic. There you go. <laughs> much better.
2: We need to move. Yes. Us. Thank you Girl. so much for having us.
0: So um, – Tell us what's going on in Forsyth and in really in your with your organization or around the country.
2: Yes. Well, we're excited about what's happening in Forsyth. Mm-hmm. Um, Truth in Education works with parents, grandparents, teachers, and really teaching them uh, about their rights mm-hmm. and how to go about fighting for their rights. They actually have constitutional rights, but parents don't understand that. And so we come alongside them, we educate them on how to approach their school boards, how to look for books in the library, which is what we're here to talk about today, mm-hmm. um, curriculum, and also how to get in touch with their legislators and how to reach out to them and let them their voice be heard. So we're excited about what's just happened in Forsyth County with this lawsuit and uh, excited to have uh, Allison here to share about that. But really, we want parents to understand this is so encouraging because if they stand up, they do have a voice and we can justice will prevail. And uh, because of this, because of Allison and another mom, Cindy Martin, that stood up, uh, we have success in this. So we're excited to share that with you today.
0: Well, people need hope and stories of success. So thank you. Tell us about about the lawsuit.
2: Well, I'm going to let Allison share a little bit about that.
0: Sure, go ahead.
3: Okay, so I was trying to read um, in my mind questionable material Mm -hmm. in two different board meetings, one in February of 2022, another in February or excuse me, March of 2022. After the March meeting, I received a letter from the chairman of the board, Wes McCall and he explicitly told me that unless i apologized to him personally i would never be able to come back to a meeting of course i ignored that i then wrote him an email back i then got a letter back from every single member of the board meeting doubling down on what they said at that point we were uh, contacted by institute for free speech and they took on our lawsuit it was filed in July. Uh, we had a preliminary hearing in September, at which time the judge obviously released me to be able to go back to meetings,
4: mm-hmm. said
3: that what they were doing was completely unconstitutional unconstitutional from a First Amendment perspective, also laid out a number of things. Um, and I did end up going back to two different school board meetings, November and December of this year. The suit just settled last week, um, and it was initiated by the school board. Cindy and I were ready to take this all the way,
4: mm, they must we, have known that
3: <laughs> we were a hundred percent ready to take this all the way. <laughs> yep. But the judge basically told them in the um injunctory hearing they were not going to win the lawsuit. Mm-hmm. Here's the sad thing to me, um when you take away a parent's right to challenge the school board Mm -hmm. there's a lot wrong sure and and if they're willing to allow these books to be in the schools then why in the world can we not read from them there is absolutely no good reason that anyone's been able to give me as to why that is okay so if you're going to allow my child to check it out then I should be able to read it to you as grown adults in the school board meeting. I think that they were embarrassed. Mm -hmm. I think that they were caught off guard that parents having been a lockdown for two years, didn't know what was going on. They're allowing these large book companies to just ship books in and they're doing no due diligence to make sure that they're okay. Mm -hmm. And then they don't want to take, any responsibility for what they've done, and that, and and then on top of that, after a major lawsuit, tens of thousands of dollars—I'm not allowed to name the amount right now—but mm-hmm. it is large. Mm-hmm. Um, it, the taxpayers will be paying for this. Yes, and there's absolutely zero excuse for their behavior.
0: So let me ask you. I mean, how does the county feel? Is the county aware mm-hmm. about this? Are the are people upset across the county? I mean, do you? See, I mean, these people shouldn't be in office. Are you going to do a recall? Or, I mean, what is the next step? Do you think are they vulnerable to get kicked out? I guess is my point. Even in the next election cycle.
2: In the next election cycle, I'm sure there yeah. are. So we educate people. We can't really help candidates, but we mm-hmm. will be right there alongside. Helping them uh, and educating them on what they're looking for for a school board member mm-hmm. that will be standing up. So there are three positions in Foresight uh, this next session that will be up. For re-election. So this is huge. They're supposed to make decisions based on the community values, and they're not doing that. In fact, they're not even asking the parents. Uh, it, they treat parents as if they have no rights, they mm-hmm. don't have a say. And actually, we're seeing that every day as they cross into these schools. Parents aren't told what their children are if they're changing their names to pronouns. And if you think about it, Todd, mm-hmm. ideas start in books. Sure. And then because of that, not only do we have the books in the libraries, we have them are reincur- really reinforcing these uh, ideologies uh, through the counselors through okay. the administration and um, curriculum that's coming in so it's a vicious cycle for these children because these books cover things like bestiality
4: yeah.
2: soft porn hard porn torture sex furries who would have ever yeah. dreamed we'd have furries in our classrooms yeah so, and the hard part is, If you look at what's happening with the counselors not sharing with the parents, we're actually telling our children they are, that it's okay to lie to your parents. and I was going to
0: ask you about that because a lot of parents want to know what's going on. They try to talk to their kids. They say, if you hear anything about sex toys in your class, please tell me. But that doesn't always happen. So how can the parents get past that with the kid to make sure?
2: Uh, They need to really be active in communicating with their children and really need to find out as much as they can through their school. Meet their teacher. Meet the school board members. Get to know your administration. Unite with other parents like Cindy and uh, Mm -hmm. Allison, because together we we can accumulate more information. Unfortunately, the difficult part is there are no books anymore, everything's online. So mm-hmm. it is very difficult. However, we have found through uh, the Georgia School Counseling Association that they are bringing CRT and DEI in through all their training into of the
4: profession.
2: course. Yeah. So it's all coming through really uh, continued education. Hmm. Uh, and so that's making it difficult for the parents, but I think what they'll find and what was great about this lawsuit is they do have a voice. They you need to unite with other parents. If they're mm-hmm. uncomfortable doing that, then they can reach out to Truth and Education, and we'll be happy to walk alongside them. But we do also need parents that will provide us with information outside of what we already have. So
4: mm-hmm.
2: it really is a community effort, and I think that's where we're going to win the battle.
0: So tell us about your, your organization, Truth and Education, more than outside of just Forsyth.
2: Yes, we are Mm Georgia-based, and so we're national, Mm -hmm. and we're in a couple of other states and growing. Mm -hmm. And really, our focus right now is truly on helping parents see the truth. We're a Christian-based organization. Mm -hmm. We feel like um, we need to bring this back uh, to God Mm -hmm. and to values, and that to do that, we really We really just have to come out and walk alongside these parents. This is a tough journey. So we do educate legislators. We do educate parents in the community. We speak nationally on all the different ideologies that are in the schools. Um, Some of the things we're concerned about at the Capitol is uh, the mental health issues, the mental health bills. That's something we're really focusing hard on. So we were very involved in educating on that last session and now we're seeing a lot of bills come alongside that framework, HB 1013, to really shore up and bring in funding for those areas that we want to do. So we have um, school-based health clinics coming in. So yeah. this is a, a big area that we all need. Another
0: to- way to influence the kids, essentially. To
2: influence the kids, to yeah. uh, take away the parental rights. Actually, mm-hmm. I think this is going to... Be a bigger push toward removing parents' rights.
0: So we. Do, honestly, do you, parents, me, let me ask you: Do you, you know, DeSantis down in Florida has been actively pushing back against a lot of this stuff. Do you get any support from the Georgia leadership, state leadership, on this issue?
2: We they have worked with us, but at this uh-huh. point, uh, last year there were two major things removed from HB 1013, the Mental Health Parity Act,
1: uh-huh. and
2: when we found out about the bill, which was when it had uh, already passed. Uh, passing the Senate. Uh- World Health Organization was in that bill, and so was the American Psychiatric Association's diagnostic codes. They would have become our law. And every time those codes changed, the law would change. So we were able to get those removed, but there are still a lot of concerns in that bill. It was really uh, an omission of details throughout that bill. So So
0: essentially, I I mean, you don't see the Kemp administration reaching out to you and say, we want to help you in this effort, or are they just being quiet?
2: Uh, at this point, I think we hope to be able to meet with them and educate them further, because at Mm -hmm. this point, I think they're more, um, they're seeing the need and we all know there's a mental health crisis, but it doesn't need to encompass all of Georgia, which is what we're doing.
0: Well, him being at the world economic forum doesn't give one a a lot of confidence. Uh, but thank you for your efforts. Let me ask you, what about the churches, uh, you know, the churches have been infiltrated too. Do you see in Forsyth County and around Georgia support from the clerical community um, or not?
2: Well, we see several churches that are uh, coming alongside us and, but not as many as we would hope. Uh, A lot of them like parents are fearful to touch any of these issues. And the unfortunate thing about that is this is not political. It's been taken and used. it's
0: It's not Christian either. (laughs)
2: <laughs> well, no. Mutilating
0: child's bodies is not very Christian.
2: <laughs> that's the point that this is spiritual. This yeah. is, actually yeah. should be in our churches should be making their um, creating, you know, a, a, awareness for their members because they have children in those churches and we're yeah. in those churches. So this is anti-God, anti-family and anti-country. And it really is, uh, separating the children also from the parents, and so this is so invasive of the family and our faith, whatever faith someone is. But yeah. it's very invasive, and so I, we pray are praying that the churches come along. We are actually trying to meet with churches and educate them on this and encourage them to open their doors uh, and have. More, you know, groups like ours come in and speak and just really educate their parishioners. We'd
0: love to help you in that effort because, you know, we were uh, my family was involved in a Protestant mainline church. And one day they started talking about transgender and how great it is. And, you know, I just got up and walked out. I mean, that's not Christianity. You know, they have to feel the pressure, in my opinion.
2: They do. do. And I'm not acceptable we kind of walked away from a couple of churches for the same reason. I feel mm-hmm. like we're in a great church now that mm-hmm. does support us, that is focused on this and
4: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's
2: wonderful. I'd love your help. Todd. Let me know how to get. Yeah, to- no, we
0: want to, uh, you know, we're here to really get the word out in Georgia. That's yeah. our, our, our mission in life. So mm-hmm. um, come back as often as you want and talk about these issues. Cause it's, it's really, really important. So
2: thank you. Thank how can you. they,
0: how can people help your group?
2: Uh, they can go to truthineducation.org. Uh, we would love for people to get involved. There's mm-hmm. also a tab there that if they have any information that they want to share with us anonymously, they can mm-hmm. do that. Mm-hmm. And really to reach out and let us connect you with one of our groups. And mm-hmm. um, Allison's in Forsyth, so she would be there to work with them, Allison mm-hmm. Hare. And we would love to do that.
0: Allison, did you want to say something?
3: I did. I yes. just want to thank Ty Truth and Education for supporting me through this process. Uh-huh. This has not been a fun. It literally no. going on eleven months. It's not been fun it for my be
0: devastating and very threatening and you
3: know, uh, very threatening. We mm-hmm. actually removed our son from public school over this. Um, Good for you. He well, right and. Mm-hmm. Um, He's the last of five, but we removed him Mm -hmm. as a ninth grader. But I have to, I really just have to say that the support that Rhonda has given me Mm -hmm. through this has been amazing. I also want to urge parents, stand up, speak up. And if, if you're not comfortable, if your husband is not comfortable, if you're fearful of your children, Reach out to a group like Rhonda and myself, and let us help you find the way. Because there is a way. We have to stand up to this. Yes. And and I know that not everyone is myself or Cindy or Rhonda, but I know that there are so many parents frustrated, and it it breaks my heart. Yes. There are there are ways we can find a way to help.
2: And Todd, it's kind Mm -hmm. of amazing. One in every 12 students now are homeschooling. So that's one of the things we're also hoping our churches will do is open their doors to homeschooling and starting uh, Ah. schools. So that's one of our missions too.
0: As long as they, you know, a lot of the private schools are infiltrated as well. They are. It's, Yes. It's going to take a long-term effort from the parents and community involvement to really ensure this doesn't reverse itself. Or, you know, it doesn't, once yeah. you get involved, you have to stay involved uh, you for, long, for your life, essentially. Yes. And a lot yeah. of
2: our private schools have taken government money. That's why they are, they're now teaching sure. this. And, and so it, we want to be careful, even with school choice, uh, to do that mm-hmm. properly or we're going to lose our homeschooling.
0: Yes. But in, in New York, they're trying to do that already. They they passed a law that, you know, some of the Jewish yeshivas, which are very orthodox yes. in New York, cannot, you know, teach what they want to teach anymore. So yes. it, that is coming because that's it you know, and it's not just the parents, it's the grandparents, it's the it's the greater family that need to get involved. A lot of times the parents are working two jobs and just mm-hmm. putting food on the table. And, you know, the grandparents get off the golf course and help your <laughs> future. You we know. Were-
2: At a time, a purpose, and a time, and I think that's why we're here. So I would encourage grandparents, please make yourself aware of what's happening. In fact, Todd, if you don't mind, Mm -hmm. we have an event March the 11th. That say. Uh, education forum. We're really going to be turning back, pulling back the curtain on what's happening in our schools. So we have some national speakers coming in. James Lindsay is one.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: And um, we are very much looking forward to that. And so would love them to reach out and learn more. Our our email is info mm-hmm. at truth
3: Talk
0: to Bill Quinn, maybe we can live stream that or something. But if you want, that'd be, that'd
3: be okay. great. Yeah, okay. I, I would just love to finish anything else I have to yeah. say. Mm-hmm. I want to drill down once again, Forsyth County Board of Education did not do right by their constituents, by their children, mm-hmm. by anyone. They became forced to settle after Judge Story, mm-hmm. they put in a temporary injunction. They knew that they had no way out. And there's going to be a lot more come out. We have a Great. lot more.
0: Let us know. From right.
3: discovery. But the Forsyth County Board needs to really be held accountable.
4: Yeah. You there's know. Office for that. The
3: yeah. affluent area. And I just cannot believe that parents are just sitting and, um, and doing nothing. But anyway, thank you so much.
0: You bet. Thank you, ladies. We'll have you back on.
3: Thank you.
0: Okay. Take care. Wow. What a great, uh, what a great segment. So we've talked about our event on the, on my February 16th down in Miami, the live stream on that for the Miami independent.com. You can find that there. And uh, if you want to know what's going on direct from the Pfizer whistleblowers from doctors involved from CRT specialists, gender ideology, children's health defense is going to be helping this in this event. So it's not just for Miami. We're really we're doing these around the country. We've done one in Connecticut, Atlanta, but uh, we're we're doing one in Chicago and Denver coming up. But we really need people to get involved. Help us out. Uh, go in there and buy the live stream. Have some people over Thursday night or replay it over the weekend and have some parents over and, and talk about how to help the children, grandparents, whatever, and, and understand the evils on this attack against our kids. So uh, I'm waiting on our last guest to arrive. Um, my producer will work on that shortly, I'm sure. While we're waiting, uh, we have a new item on Press merchandise. It's the best. It's not sticker you know, stuff. It's really high quality. Some of our wear to go in the gym and get gains in style, uh, you'll look the best in the gym with AFP merchandise, uh, sweaters, T-shirts, not sweaters, but uh, hoodies, T-shirts, athletic gear coffee cups, all kind of things. So look for more merchandise from CD media. It will be coming down the pike in a variety of ways as we continue to grow the real economy and look for their options, uh, to help Patriots. Uh, let me say one more thing about my pillow. I asked uh, my wife what her favorite products are from my pillow. And she said, First, she started with the bathrobe, then she said the towels, then she said the sheets, then she said the slippers, then she said the comforters, then she said the pillows. So she likes everything. So Valentine's Day is coming. If you use promo code CDM, you can go to MyPillow.com and get the best discounts. We've had Sonia Francis roll on several times on the show over the past year. Uh, She's been having some interesting interactions with the Georgia GOP down in Fulton County. Welcome to the show, Sonia.
5: Thank you very much, and happy Sunday to you.
0: You too, you too. So tell us what's the latest been going on in in your situation um, as you were working in the Fulton County GOP.
5: Well, the latest has been that um, I wrote a letter to um, the chairman of the Georgia GOP by way of Gordon Rowe, who's Mm -hmm. also vice chair, my husband. Mm -hmm. And what he thought he wanted to do was to try to work it out with David Schaefer. There were several people that told him Mm -hmm. that that is not going to work, that David Schaefer is not going to uh, do the right thing. But he wrote the letter anyway, and right after writing the letter, the letter cited several citations of which Trey Kelly, the chairman, of the Fulton County JOP has not been um, performing. Mm-hmm. And so that letter highlighted everything that was going wrong. And David Schaefer um, replied to Gordon Roll, Dr. Gordon Roll, vice mm-hmm. chair, um, telling us what the process is. Mm-hmm. The first paragraph in that letter that was sent to David Schaefer was explaining we had followed the protocol Mm -hmm. beyond recognition. At Mm -hmm. least Trey Keller received notice three times to call an executive committee meeting of Mm -hmm. which um, he wanted. Gordon was very um, interested in bringing the board together to make sure that there's conversations about the concerns of the things that were going on. So
0: essentially, just for our audience sake, you were essentially forced out of your position or, or they're attempting to, correct?
5: Well, they attempted to put me out of the position of secretary of the Fulton County Republican Party mm-hmm. back in somewhere around May, June, last year, mm-hmm. and, um I found out that my signature was forged and sent to the secretary, uh, Fulton County uh, Board of Elections on poll watchers letters. And when mm-hmm. I started inquiring about that, Alex Kaufman, who was portrayed to be the Fulton County General Counsel, of which he was not legally appointed to do, um, sent me an email telling me that I was removed from all duties and responsibilities as it relates to the elections process. And I was no I had no authority to speak on behalf of the party, sign any documents on behalf of the party. Hmm. And so what I did was I sent, took his email and I sent it to the um, director of the Fulton County elections, Nadine Williams, and asked her about it. And Nadine Williams uh, sent it on to the attorney. The attorney of Fulton County election board of, uh, Election Board, um, sent a letter back, actually she called me three times, left a voicemail to try to talk to me about what was going on. Then she sent a letter to me saying that one, The law calls for an executive committee to be held in order to approve the poll watchers letters to that. I, the secretary, had to sign off on the letters. Mm -hmm. But Alex Kaufman and Trey Kelly decided they were going to remove me and and give the assistant secretary the right to sign off on those letters. uh, Secretary Caroline Jeffers to sign off on those letters. Now, Mm -hmm. I sent information to them. Several people called Caroline Jeffers and told her, but they continued anyway, until the um, the attorney for Fulton County Board of Elections sent a letter. And what she did in order to allow the poll watchers to go to the polls, she allowed David Schaefer, the chairman of Fulton of the Georgia GOP and the secretary of the Georgia GOP to sign off on those letters and send the letters to the Fulton County Election Board, of which they were accepted at that time. They were compromised. Well, that's not legal anyway, but that was a compromise, Mm -hmm. which was fine with me. And I pursued that because all along, Trey Kelly refused to follow the law of the Republican Party. He refused to do whatever he chose to do without regard of the law. Fulton County. Uh, bylaws, as well as a, this, is a state law. It's not yeah. my law. Yeah. And he refused to file that. So, subsequently, in November of last year, he sent out a letter to a select few of the executive board members and requesting to have an executive board meeting that he could remove me from office. Mm-hmm. What I heard and I have not verified is that there was a woman of which was identified to me and I don't want to say her name uh, was calling around the north side of Fulton County trying to find phony people or members to attend the executive board meeting and they would give them a proxy in addition which mm. would have illegal names and them not members of the uh, board the election of committee I mean the executive committee to attend the meeting to remove me from, that is how desperate they were to remove me from office. Mm -hmm. What did I do? Follow the law. I did not make up anything. I challenged my signature, or I challenged my name on the letters. Mm -hmm. I challenged the fact that they had Caroline Jefferson signing off on those letters. And what I got out of it, an attempt to remove me from office. So what i did subsequently to that um, everybody was upset there were so many people upset and then people were calling me and telling me what Trey kelly was trying to do about removing me from office he did not have the number of people mm-hmm. that were going to vote uh, to remove me because pretty much by now everyone knows what's going on so what happened was that um, i he sent me um, two or three emails i believe there were two emails Telling me to resign. And mm-hmm. I responded to him and I said, Trey Kelly, please tell me what did I do in order for me to resign? If you tell me what I have done that's wrong, I would consider resigning. He mm-hmm. never responsible. So mm-hmm. what he did, what I did was I sent him an email and said, Here's my resignation letter. So I submitted a long list of all the infractions that he had committed against the people of the Fulton County Republican Party. In the head and it says, here's a resignation letter, but the letter did not say that. Well, of course, I knew that that backfired on me because if you're a criminal, you're gonna do criminal activities. Mm-hmm. And therefore, he took that letter and he took all different um, uh, collections of uh, subheadings of emails that I had and he had, put it together, made a collage, sent it out to the people and said, i resign. But wow. prior to that, he had sent me a letter, an email saying, I accept your apology. That He responded after I sent him that letter. I said, here's my resignation letter. And I resp- he said, thanks for your resignation. I responded and said, I have not resigned. Did you see the letter? What he did when he collected the collage of subject headings, he decided to omit that particular email mm-hmm. that I responded to him and say, Trey, I'm not resigning. I did not resign. He ignored that email and, and skipped over that and went and collected everything else and told people I resigned. So then Gordon Rose sent a letter to Trey Kelley and said, again, he's requesting a meeting so that we can resolve the issues that we're having. Of course, Trey um, ignored him, as he has been doing for the last you know, several months, he's not fallen. So he has now resorted from right after that, this was in November, he was trying to call a meeting in December, December 29, as a matter of fact. So I don't know what the critical date meant. But mm-hmm. it was, we have not had a year in um, annual meeting that's required by the bylaws. We've not had that. Matter of fact, we have not had any meetings. So what Trey Keller resorted to do was if he wanted um, to, which is is allowed in the bylaws, you can send out an email and get the majority of the people, two-thirds I believe it is, to vote on an issue. So rather than having meetings, he started sending out emails to people. For example, he wanted to appoint... Alex Kaufman as general counsel for the Fulton County Republican Party.
4: Mm-hmm.
5: He wanted to appoint Mansell McCord as parliamentarian, and he sent out email, an email, and I did not receive the email. So prior to even saying I resigned, what Trey Kelly did, just I believe was in November 26th, it was even prior to saying that I resigned, he they took my name off of the email list, they took my name off of the mm-hmm. offices list, They removed me illegally, period, for just challenging a signature that was not mine and was not, they did not have my authority to put my name on any documents. And I made that clear to Trey Kelly and Betsy Trey Kramer
4: Mm
5: -hmm. Um, in, I believe it was 2021, I sent an email and said, I'm not in agreement to put my name on a stamp, but I would do a DocuSign.
4: Mm-hmm.
5: And that was the agreement. No docu sign was done. What Jesse and Trey Keller did, do what they want to do anyway. So what they did was they created some phony stamp, and they apparently was putting it on my. And that was not sending out the 144 letters was not the only thing they were doing because you had to send off. They had people that were doing adjudication, so they had to have had um, a forged signature on adjudication letters. And God knows whatever else, because mm. I don't have access to any documents, any records or anything of the sort.
0: So, what, what, where do you see your position now with the Fulton County GOP?
5: What I see my position now, the Fulton County GOP is to run for chairman.
0: OK. And so do you consider yourself not the secretary anymore or do you still?
5: I still. Well, I have not been removed legally by. Mm-hmm the executive board. There has not been a meeting to Uh remove me. Trey Kelly does not have the authority to remove me as secretary. Neither does Alex Kaufman. of fact, Alex Kaufman doesn't have the right to do anything in Fulton County Republican Party because when Trey Kelly sent out that email to appoint him as the, um, this was after the fact, after he sent me the letter legally. And when he sent that email out asking for votes, no one knows how many people he sent the letter to. Did he send it yeah. to the accurate amount? No one knows the results of who voted on that. The people actually voted to appoint Alex Kaufman and Mansell McCord. So he's he's operating totally illegally. As a matter wow. of fact, I also want to mention that the executive director that Trey Kelly appointed is also illegal because she has not been voted in. Yeah. I am the secretary and I have no records of no meetings that appointed her in office. You're getting
0: no support from the Georgia GOP. Itself. Well, the
5: Georgia GOP at this time, David Schaefer has playing the game. Of, mm-hmm. um, I don't know what's going on. I can't mm-hmm. help you. It's not yeah. my job. Uh, Trey Kelly, I can only tell Trey Kelly to hold the meeting, of which he did uh, just recently. So the innocence of, I don't know anything. I don't have any idea. You have to follow the process. At yes. which we did and he's totally
0: got it. Yeah.
5: Yeah. Yeah. So
0: just for our audience sake, we've asked Trey Kelly to come on and give his side of the story and he's still welcome to, but we have not received a response. Um, so you, you're going to run for the, uh, the head of the Fulton County GOP. To, to I, I really-
5: have to, the reason why I'm going to run is because mm. I feel that I have so much knowledge and information. I'll tell you one particular reason why mm. I feel like running Mm-hmm. I went back and I don't, I requested a copy of the financials. Of course, I've not received any. I request a copy of documents that Trey Kelly has. But in 2022, in March of 2022, Trey Kelly called an executive committee meeting of which I was not invited. He sent me a link, but the link was a bogus link. Mm-hmm. So I couldn't attend the meeting. So, but I, what I was able to still listen in on the meeting through Gordon Rolls. Um, zoom link and at that time trey kelly asked for um, an undisclosed amount of money to be approved uh, for him to go to donate to campaigns now undisclosed meaning that he said well there's a formula and i don't know what the formula is um, well he knows what the formula is then who's the treasurer knows the formula And I said, well, Trey, what is the formula? Why don't you tell her? Well, it's complicated. I can't tell you. Mm -hmm. So the board voted to allow Trey Keller to have carte blanche of an open slate to spend whatever money he wanted. And not to mention the fact that I was not invited. I did not record minutes. Betsy Kramer, the first vice chair at the time, was supposed to record minutes. But getting to my point of why I'm running, when I went back and I had someone do some research for me, we have over a quarter of a million dollars was spent in 2020, um, Trump lost the campaign. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. During that almost $197,000, Trey Kelly reported the Secretary of State campaign um transparency. And what that said was that he spent almost $197,000 and some on canvassing as well as um, phone calls. I've never gotten uh, phone calls, canvassing a mail. I've never received a mail from Fulton County on anything. What I'm thinking is that why are we spending so much money on canvassing and mailing and consultation and lost several elections? Last year, we lost the, um, the uh, U.S. Senate seat. Yeah. Did Fulton County do anything? I don't know. I've never received any mail from them. The Fulton County uh, chairman called on us as members of the party to help. No, he did not. Did he spend money? No money was recorded as of just recently to the secretary of state coming out of the budget for Mm -hmm. this year, for 2022. But... We had a really big election, so why was there any money not spent, or was it's there money? better spent?
0: nationwide, and you saw the frustration in the recent RNC chair election because you know what the party is spending their money on is is uh, suspect, or people want more transparency. I should say,
5: yeah. What? There's no transparency in our party, and if you're talking about local parties versus the national, then you know we we have. So I feel that I have. I am probably one of the few people in the Fulton County Republican Party that know what's going on and know how to move the organization forward. We have to do recruitment. We have to reach out to all, all people from diverse communities. And yep. we have to look at how do we build strong campaigns so that we can elect people? How can we stop discriminating against certain people mm-hmm. that we feel are not going to win or we don't want to support? That is not what the party is all about.
4: Yeah.
0: Well, friend, um, Sonia, thank you for uh, coming on. Well, I'm sure we'll have you back. Uh, you're becoming a regular. So uh, mm-hmm. thanks for your time. And uh, where can people uh, have you work? How can people get in touch with you? Are you on social media
5: or? Well, I'm um, not. I haven't built a social media platform yet, uh-huh. particularly for this. Uh-huh. Um, but they, my phone number is 404-884-5144. People call me for support. Everyone knows my email. It's Francis Roll, F-R-I-N-C-I-S-R-O-L-L-E dot G-A-G-O-P at gmail.com. That's my email. But I will be sending out information shortly within the next couple of days of my intent to run and hope that people understand. One quick thing, if I could yeah, say, God, sure, quickly. the people in the Republican Party have been told that I call the entire party racist. And the last time I was on your show, I made it very clear (laughs) that Mm -hmm. I said the leaders of the Republican Party are racist. Mm -hmm. Why I said that? Because we have no minorities in the Georgia Capitol building. We have no minorities on different offices across the state of Georgia. And Gordon, my husband, and I are the only two minorities on the uh, Fulton County officers, and we have been ostracized.
0: They're trying to kick you off.
5: (laughs) But I also want (laughs) to say that, yeah. I also want to say that we have 60 percent of the people who were at the last election that voted for me. So I want to clarify that point to all of the citizens of Fulton County that I love every one of you, whether you voted for me or not. The Mm -hmm. problem is that when I say the leaders, I truly mean the leaders because there's more that I know that is going on that everyone mm-hmm. knows. I don't want to be out here just wait, taking up time, just complaining about what they're doing. But I see through a lot of things. I have proof of a lot of things. And therefore, I just wanted to make it clear to those people who are going around saying that I said the party, all the membership of races, that is not accurate. That is not true. I 60% of people voted for me, and I want to give those people credit.
0: Thank you, Sonia. And again, if anyone in the Georgia GOP wants to come back and give their side of the story you can contact us at the georgia record thank you again sonia
5: thank you very much and i appreciate you for having me thank you take care
0: see us back on the georgia 2024 show next week take care